0: Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show.
1: Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Radio Gag producer Sarah Germaine Lilly, And this week's show is How to Be an Artivist, Part 4, World AIDS Day edition. For World AIDS Day, host Libby Edwards brings us the inspiring story of the AIDS red ribbon and the electric blanket, told by some of the founding members of the Visual AIDS Artist Caucus. Special thanks to Sean Stefanik and the Radio Gag team for producing this week's show. Take it away, Libby.
2: I'm Libby Edwards. Today's program pays tribute to World AIDS Day and will introduce four members of the Visual AIDS Artists Caucus, who are part of the collective that created the AIDS Red Ribbon and the Electric Blanket Project. World AIDS Day was created in August 1987 by James Bunn and Thomas Netter of the World Health Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. It was first observed in 1988 and continues to be observed by all UN member states. The current statistics are that more than 700,000 American lives have been lost to HIV since 1981, and more than 1.1 million Americans are currently living with HIV. In the United States, the mission of World AIDS Day is to bring attention to the HIV epidemic, endeavor to increase HIV awareness and knowledge, speak out against HIV stigma, and call for an increased response to move forward with the goal of ending the HIV epidemic in the United States. There are numerous websites dedicated to the goals of World AIDS Day across the globe. A quick internet search will provide a wealth of information about the focus and the programs in every country that can be employed to raise AIDS awareness. In the United States, two of these sites are HIV.gov and CDC.gov. As you search these websites, you will notice the prominence of the red ribbon graphic, the now iconic symbol for AIDS awareness. GAG is very pleased to mark World AIDS Day with our panel of artivists who, as early members of the Visual AIDS Artist Caucus, were involved with the creation of the original concept of the red ribbon and electric blanket. With us are Mark Happel, a designer whose costumes have been seen in multiple Broadway, Off-Broadway, and New York City Ballet productions. For the past 16 years, Mark has been the director of costumes at New York City Ballet. Harvey Weiss, an artist whose work has been exhibited in the US, Canada, and Europe. Recently, he has been an activist with the environmental advocacy group Food and Water Watch, working to stop the expansion of fracked gas power plants in New York State. Frank Franca is a photographer and creative director in New York City. He is an adjunct faculty member at both the Pratt Institute and the International Center of Photography and Alan Frame, a photographer, writer, curator, and educator, whose latest book, Fever, is a series of color photos of his artist friends taken in New York City in 1981. Let's start with Mark and Harvey. Please tell us how the Red Ribbon was created and became known to the world.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Libby. Thanks for having us.
2: It started, for, for
0: Mark and I anyway, in conversation upstate New York, where we were observing yellow ribbons tied around the trees in relation to the Desert Storm Iraq War. People were taking on the old tradition of acknowledging and supporting troops overseas with yellow ribbons. So in conversation with Mark and subsequently with Frank Moore, a fellow member of Visual Aid's, and a friend of ours who also lived upstate, we, we expressed a desire for a ribbon for AIDS, you know, some kind of symbol, because we were feeling that there was a war going on at home that wasn't being acknowledged in regard to AIDS. And so that ball started getting kicked around between us and uh, Mark and Frank brought the idea to a uh, artist caucus meeting at Visual AIDS. And that's where it got developed and conceived. And the architecture of the ribbon was designed, such as the color, the, the form of the ribbon. And that was all done in a collaborative spirit amongst the 13 or so members of the caucus. Everybody had input on it. So it, it was very much a group effort. And subsequently, uh, it got produced publicly. And uh, I'll let Mark take that part of the story because it has a definitely a theatrical uh spin
2: i'd also like to quickly ask how was it the color red was chosen
0: well it was naturally
3: was the red was chosen because it's the color of blood and so that was something that i think everyone felt was the natural color of the ribbon we ran into a little hitch in the very beginning because red a red ribbon was also the color Used by mothers against drug drivers, but they tied it to a, <laughs> the antenna of their cars. So that we decided was, you know, we were far enough away from that. And then antennas disappeared anyway. So so we went with the red ribbon. And initially we thought, let's print on the red ribbon. Let's print things like the war at home, or there were, there were various short little phrases that we thought we would print on the red ribbon, and that became too costly. So we then reverted back just to the plain red ribbon, which we decided would be folded in a simple V with a safety pin. And it was something I think also that was decided that it was something that anyone could do anywhere. You didn't have to have a printed ribbon. You could just buy red ribbon, cut it, and safety pin it to your lapel. So I think the simplicity of it was something that really help to move it out into the world in a bigger way.
2: And did that factor into the fact that you never copyrighted the ribbon and profited from Exactly.
0: It? Yes. It was a that very was... very conscious decision not to yeah. copyright it. Patrick O'Connell who was the director at that time firmly believed in that as well and uh it made it so that anybody could create this ribbon uh, you know, with these inexpensive materials, show their support for people with AIDS publicly for the first time.
4: Even so, Visual Aids got a grant to pay women at a homeless shelter to make the ribbon because as soon as it became noticed and popularized, there were a lot of requests to his office for it. So they made thousands and then we as a group also got together throughout that summer and made ribbons. We called it a Ribbon Bee. <laughs> but, the, but we should talk about how it-
5: about the, about the copyright thing. I do wanna like say something about that that's interesting that I don't know if these guys even know. When I was in London doing Electric Blanket, a couple of years after the ribbon started, a friend of mine, Eric, invited me to a party that the Red Ribbon was having. And I went to this party with him that night and it was a group that had copyrighted the Red Ribbon in London. And we were drinking Red Ribbon beer and they were selling Red Ribbon mm. notebooks and all of this stuff. And it was a huge shock because it was a profit organization who took advantage of the fact that it was never copyrighted and was making money off of it. And I called Patrick and Alan and they got involved and they got lawyers and they put a stop to it and it was stopped. But these people had a very glamorous office in Soho and very organized.
2: Wow. Mark, back to you, how the distribution of the ribbons came about.
3: Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing right off the bat was when Patrick and I decided that the Tonys were quickly approaching and because... I work in the theater industry and had so many inns at so many of the Broadway theaters and knew so many of the wardrobe supervisors and so many people involved in these theaters. We thought, let's just try. And we made up these packets that we dropped off at all the theater stage doors that were addressed to the wardrobe supervisors and their crews. And the packet included red ribbons that were tied and safety pin and ready to go. And the letter basically asked them if they could please talk to the people in their shows, the actors, actresses in their shows, if they were attending the Tony Awards, if they wouldn't mind wearing this red ribbon and what it was about and, you know, gave them information so they weren't just blindly wearing it. And so we did this and got them to all the theaters and then went home and Turned on the Tony Awards that night, you know, not knowing what would happen, if anything would happen, if they would show up at all. And sure enough, out walked Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close with big red ribbons, ribbons on their lapels. I mean, Jeremy Irons probably had one of the biggest red ribbons I've ever seen. (laughs) And, you know, one by one they came out one after another with these ribbons on, and there were there were shots mm-hmm. of the audience and you saw them ever so often in the audience. And it became such an issue that I think it really got to a point where people were wondering why people weren't wearing the red ribbons because everyone
0: basically was. I might add that CBS had forbidden I was any say, of yeah. the performers to relay what the ribbon stood for.
4: Yeah, they right. were dis- discouraging any kind of political remarks in, yeah. the, in the Tony broadcast.
3: Basically, but, they said We got a rumor back to us that if anybody mentioned what that red ribbon was, they were going to cut to a commercial. I mean, and in a way, like it always does, the fact that nothing was said made it even a bigger thing because everybody wanted to know what that red ribbon was. And there were little blurbs in in the papers the next day. Daily News, I think, said something. The Post said something little paragraphs that said what was this red ribbon so that in effect really pushed it even farther forward the fact that nobody said anything and it then went on from there to the point where it then it was everywhere in the 92 oscars and to a point where it just then started to show up at every awards show there was
4: and then the democratic convention Mm. right in 92 and the instance of the Republican convention where one moment Barbara Bush was wearing it and the next moment she wasn't and no one else was among the Republicans.
2: Well, you certainly created an icon. It stands today. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's an icon and you should be very proud, I would think. Of having and
4: I think, you know, it's a tribute to co- collective thinking. And yeah.
5: Libby, you know what I think about the Red Ribbon, um, and maybe, I don't know if it sounds silly or not, but it's, it, aside from the beauty of it and the simplicity of it and the success of it and and how everywhere it's been and how iconic it is, just like conceptually, for me, this idea of, um, you know, an idea that is starts on the Lower East Side by a group of people kind of like grows and how you can physically track it around the world. And it's that thing of like the butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon and how one can affect change. I mean, just the slightest gesture can actually create momentum on a cosmic level or something.
0: Very true.
2: You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show, here on listener-sponsored, commercial-free radio, WBAI, 99.5 FM. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Ellen, uh, when you and Nan Golden conceived Electric Blanket, to be a photographic equivalent of the AIDS quilt, it seems to me like that idea was putting everything in front of people who've been able to hide away and not acknowledge the reality of what AIDS was really like. Can you talk a little bit about that? And-
4: yeah, and I and I want to say, um, Frank helped with that at the yes. uh, onset, but he became the indispensable designer and Re, you know, um, person who kept it alive by um, creating new statistics, finding new imagery um, and designing the installations. And with the audience that we're trying to reach, we're trying to reach not just the, the people who knew these issues already, but a, a more general public. We wanted as much as possible to project this slideshow in public space, or in spaces where there would be an audience that might not be getting this information otherwise. Frank, do you wanna talk about that?
5: So my involvement from the beginning was really, as Alan said, more as the design aspect of the installation at Cooper Union and how that was gonna function. But once, once that kind of passed, It became something entirely different that adapted to all different kinds of situations and so what Alan is saying the idea whether it's the public with the red ribbon or electric blanket they're both public art projects that are designed by definition to bring a message to an unsuspecting audience right so not to preach to the choir but to go outside Mm -hmm. of your general you know, the group that you're working mm.
4: with. I mean, maybe we should say what it was exactly. It was a photographic slideshow using old technology of slide projectors, photographs as slides, with photographs by um, many different photographers, either um, the subject of documentations of people living with AIDS or groups who were doing things about AIDS, um, promoting awareness, etc. cetera. Um, also pictures of people portraits by well-known photographers of people who had died of AIDS, including themselves uh, self-portraits by people who had died of AIDS by this point. But it also reached out and included anyone's portraits of people that they had lost to AIDS. And then there were also documentations of um, activism. And in between these three categories of images were interspersed slide texts that had both uh, up-to-date statistics and slogans from Act Up, and comments by people who were um, usually people who were experts, um, public health experts. But sometimes there were quotes from people who were clueless, and juxtaposed with you know the opposite kind of um, remark.
5: Right. I think also another aspect of it which is interesting which is also tied into the red ribbon is this idea of collaboration and community building which whenever we would present electric blanket anywhere in the world we always had a local sponsor that worked with us which was usually a local gay or queer or aids connected um group and they would collaborate with us. And it was those people who then would reach out to the communities to ask for people to submit images locally. So it would be juxtaposing sort of New York Times photography documentation of AIDS orphans in Uganda with, for example, a mother who has submitted photographs of her son from birth to death. And then there would be text that would say what that information was what that would explain what that sort of narrative was i think that this kind of collaboration that happened between alan and i and then these different groups and then also like this mother who we met you know was very much a part of it and um and a sort of really wonderful part of it too
2: right is it still being exhibited uh
4: the latest thing that's happening with it is that um, visual aids is producing a book about all of the projects that were done through visual aids and ariel goldberg has written this incredibly insightful and specific text that uh, goes uh, so sort of delineates the whole history of electric blanket so we're thrilled that that's happening that book will come out next year we're going to do uh, a very modified um, adaptation of it for an exhibition that Ariel is working on that opens in Cincinnati um, next year. Uh, The underlying message here for me is collective action. We were all brought together by these projects and with so many other people in that time. Some of the relationships lasted beyond that and some didn't, but coming together in crisis with other people was so healing for us and productive in the creation of these things. And so I applaud the fact that you've started this organization against gun violence. And I think that whatever form the activism takes, that 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 idea about collective action is, is super
2: important. The impetus for Gays Against Guns was the shooting at the Pulse nightclub. You don't have to be a gay person to belong, and it's communal. And so when you first mentioned that whole communal effort, that's exactly what happened at the beginning of Gays Against Guns.
3: Yeah, I have to agree with Frank and agree with Alan you know, social media is an amazing tool. And yes, we all know the power of it. But um, for me, I just the memories of us in the basement of PS122 and getting together and talking about what we wanted to do and what this ribbon was going to be. And, you know, I think back to going to You know, because I was in the theater industry and costume making and going to a man at a ribbon factory and saying, would you be interested in donating ribbon to us? And sure enough, two days later, a crate of red ribbon showed up at my costume shop. And it's the power of connecting with people one on one and with groups of people that sometimes really does so much more than a post on Facebook or Instagram
5: and spending all those hours, Mark, like making the ribbons, all right. those hours that we all spent together painting those things and cutting yes. the apples in the perfect way and tying them just for hours and hours and hours. And I personally wouldn't even know the two of you if it weren't for that. So, right. you know, and here we are.
0: Right, right. I want to concur with what everybody has said so far in terms of collaboration, with Gay's against guns and what we were doing in visual aids we were and you are you are now both dealing with fear as a virus the people that pick up these guns you know they're basically scared people and just like we were confronting people who were scared of aids or you're trying to you know educate and break down that fear i think uh that viral fear is is a common enemy to so many of our movements i'm proud that we all stood up to that fear and uh, addressed it head on.
2: That's so beautifully said. I'm very moved by that. And I think this is a wonderful ending to our interview. And I just, I'm so happy you all made time to come and join GAG and introduce this history to people who may not have known of it and to inspire us to keep on going. Thank
4: you. Thanks for Thank inviting you.
2: us. Thank you. Thanks for inviting
5: Thank you. us. Thank you. Thank you. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram at GagNoGuns on Twitter as well. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag.
1: That's our show. For more about World AIDS Day, listen to November 30th to OutFM at 8 p.m. as Emily Winkenstein of Health Gap talks about the twin pandemics of HIV AIDS and COVID-19 and the pitiful Biden response. Then learn about the website relaunch of the ACT UP oral history project with gay filmmaker Jim Hubbard on OutFM. And listen next Tuesday, December 7th at 2.30 p.m. to Harvey Milk Day 2. White Male Tears as Radio Gag explores the aftermath of the assassination of Harvey Milk, the miscarriage of justice in Killer Dan White's famous Twinkie Defense and its parallels today in the trials of Kyle Rittenhouse and George Zimmerman. Join us. We leave you as always with our sister singing queertet, Sing Out Louise.
5: One, two, three. Shake, Shake it, it up, baby, baby now. Shake
4: it up, baby. Resist, and shout. Resist and shout.
0: Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. Come on, we're gonna vote them all out. Vote all We'll vote them all out, honey. Vote all We'll make it understood. Understood! We got the GOP running now.
5: They're gonna get what they should. Get what they should.
0: Shake it up, baby now.
5: It up, baby.
0: Resist, and shout. Resist and shout. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby now.
1: Come on,
0: baby. We're gonna vote them all, all out. Boom, 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 uh, uh. And shout. and shout! come on, come on, come on, come, come on, on come on baby now, come on, baby. we're gonna vote them all out,
2: vote, vote them all out, out.
0: yeah!